Hey, good evening, Let's Talk family. Tonight, we have a, a very honorable guest. Um, proud to announce, bring him, introduce him. Somebody I've been watching from afar for a minute, <laughs> which is interesting. And um, within itself, it's Brother Basim Abdul Aziz from Developing New Life's Direction, LLC. And um, tonight, we're going we gonna to just, you know, talk a little bit about himself and uh the organization that he runs and just men and people or people in general dealing with hidden trauma and how we should be able to manage the day-to-day -day life. What's going on, Bessie? What's going on, my brother? Let's dive hey. in. Let's dive in. Let's get in. <laughs> you know, a uh, little bit background about myself. Uh, retired correction officer. After retirement, I became a life coach, created Development Life's New Direction, LLC. Uh, currently, uh, I'm working with men and women dealing with trauma. Myself, uh, being a Gulf War veteran, suffered trauma myself. And I found myself in a depressive stage of using alcohol and it went mass for quite some time due to the fact of working in high-risk job as corrections, majority of my coworkers was heavy drinkers anyway. So mm -hmm. therefore, it was nothing to go that was unnormal. And I self-medicated for years until approximately uh, 2009, I woke up and I was just like, I don't wanna drink no more. And you know, that was my turning point where as though I embraced my religion of Islam and I start moving forward, you know. Uh, I, know I know a lot of, a lot of, a lot of, um, so you, 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 you started your organization before you realized about the trauma. No, I start well, after. well, after I started my okay. organization in uh, 2017 on my way out to be door of retirement. Okay. You know, okay. So, so, so being you was, you was, you know, God for a veteran and then dealing with the day-to-day -day life of being a correction officer, you started, you, you started, uh, self-medicating yourself, dealing with your own trauma. When did you realize like it was a problem? When I woke, I was waking up with, uh, a bottle of liquor in my back pocket. It wasn't a breakfast, it was a bottle of liquor, you know? And then I, I, I had different issues I was dealing with as far as, uh, you know, uh, aircraft and things, wake me up out my sleep. I'm looking around, I'm trying to figure out where I'm at, you know? And I was like, I was tired, I guess, you know? Yeah. And I went to the VA to get some help you know, and uh, sat down with, with therapists and psychiatrists. And now that the alcohol is gone, here they come and they giving me a ton of medication. And, 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 and I was like, this got to be a sham. It has to be when all of a sudden I'm like, I can choose with those of medication that you won't give me. Are you serious? You can run around and I'll be a full-fledged junkie for real. Mm -hmm. So, you know, uh, 
my faith is strong. And like I said, you know, uh, I begin to understand myself better. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's amazing um, that you, um, it, you know, and it's, you know, we would say, alhamdulillah, that you was able to identify that, hold up, y'all trying to give me medication and I'm leaving one vice to go to another vice. No, 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 no. We can't have this. And it, and, it, and it happens, you know, with so many people, they may have a surgery. Next thing you know, they're addicted to pain medication and so forth and so on. So. Well, you, um, I seen a special, uh, I believe it was Showtime HBO. I don't remember exactly which one it was, but it was showing the same medications that they gave me. And I'm just like, wow. And what happened to them, one guy, he came off the medication, but he was shooting heroin until mm. he ended up overdosing. You know, and the medication is so strong that they advise you not to just stop taking it. So I was like, I can't put that in my system. <laughs> Yeah, that's 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 interesting. That um, I'm, I'm you know, like I said, alhamdulillah, you were able to identify with what was going on. So then, you know, I, I don't explain to people the life of a correctional officer with uh, dealing with the stress of that job, and and just because I don't think a lot of people know. I think a lot of times, I think people may think it's glorified. Um, well, it's just a job. Well, being a correction officer, everything is like a day-by-day -day situation because you never know what type of day you're going to have. Sometimes you can get to work and the tension in the building can be so deep that when you walk in the building, you can feel it. It's like the hairs on your neck stand up and you're like, yo, something getting ready to happen. <laughs> you know, or you might be having a conversation and then you hit a whooper go off. Next thing you know, you see a guy running. He just finished getting stabbed up. It's like you just don't know what's going to happen from one minute to the next, you know. And for the inmate, it, it definitely has to be – it's deep psychological thing for an inmate because – on one hand, you have an opportunity with the solitude to actually do some soul searching. But then you always on high alert because you don't know who got a beef with who. You might be hanging with the wrong person. And let's be honest, then you also have those that might not be that strong and they become prey. You know, it's, it's it's funny when you say that is because I, I've been on the other side of that wall. And one thing I can say today is you do it. Some people say you do what you got to do to get by, to get through. Yes, they and do. And one of, one of the things that I did was become emotionally bankrupt. Mm -hmm. Cut that cut that emotion off. You. This is what it is. You have no um, time for you. You have no time to deal with your emotions. Yeah, you're in. You're in the. Uh, as they say, this this is a big boy sport, and you're dealing with everybody trying to display their level of masculinity that they think they need to display. So well, you you need to 
you need to navigate <laughs> through BS. Absolutely, but but you know, a lot of times you find out who's who for real. You know, because it it it, it reminds you of going from college to the NFL. You can be an all star in college, but when you get to the NFL, everybody's an all star. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So when you get to jail, it's a lot of killers right here. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So it might not be nothing special about you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But the different traumas that you're going to experience over a period of time is heavy. Yeah. You know, some of the some of the things that I've seen from working inside an institution, people don't believe me when I say it. They be like, "Nah, you got to be kidding." No, I'd be like, "No, for real." <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, and, you know what's what's funny about Seam is right. I um, like I said, been through the experience, and I remember at one time I used to tell people. At when I when I come home, I tell people crazy stories, and they'd be like, "Nah, I wouldn't believe." And I realized just recently, like, I don't talk about none of that stuff no more. Like, I left it there. Like, I, I, I and, and that was part of what I believe was for me letting it go. Well, it's not even know, talk about it. Uh, and that's part of uh, what I do. You know, as a coach of dealing with trauma, you have to learn to let it go. You know, uh, 90% of us, living yesterday, not understanding there's nothing you can do to change what happened yesterday because yesterday has came and has went. Only thing you control is your presence and you can prepare for tomorrow if it comes, but that's not promised neither. Yeah. And we really have to stop visiting yesterday unless, you know, we're going to visit yesterday for some confirmation to move forward today. Yeah, but I like if, that. Stop visiting yesterday. If you're gonna keep reliving your pains of yesterday, you can't you can't grow. You can't move forward. You know? Yeah, yeah. And so you so, so you was in that spot, man. I you know it's amazing, you know, talk, even talking to you, I I, I never um and I and I had some uh, good relationship with some officers that was there, and um, mm -hmm. you know they were a lot. Of, a lot of them are very, what I would say, instrumental in who I am today. Because you never know the drink that somebody gonna leave you or give you the impression of like, yo, you know, you you, you brothers is needed out here on society. Y'all don't need to be wasting your life behind a wall. Absolutely. So did you did you ever find yourself like you know? I I see something in this individual, but I gotta I don't need to say nothing to him. I need him to come to me so I could drop something on him, but I don't how how was that? Cause what you do now, as you as you you, you said, basically this was who you are. You like absolutely, absolutely this, this was this and, as we would say, this is who you were created to be. Right. I actually uh they have in Newark we have the uh return citizen group. They meet on Thursdays and, you know, I usually go and I participate when I can. And, you know, like I said, the embrace that I get and they've been like, yo, you've been helping us all this time. You still here. And 
they call me brother. You know, whatever they got, whatever they getting, yo, come on, you are brothers for you too. You know, because my whole philosophy of being a CEO was firm, fair, and consistent. Whatever you supposed to get, you're going to get. And I'm not letting them people come over here on this wing with no BS. And yeah. it's been plenty of guys that be like, yo, appreciate you. You know, I had guys fall out with me. Yo, I'm bidding off. Oh, <laughs> like, you know, because I need a change. And you're like, yo, how you going to do that to us? Mm. No, there's not no relationship like that, though. It's a business. Yeah. Because yeah. when it comes time for you to go home, you and I'd be like, yo, where you going? You'd be like, I'm going home. Yeah. 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 For, the, for people in the chat, you know, it's a level of, Basim mentioned the level of consistency. And for a guy that may be doing time, it seems like every day is different, but for them, it's a pattern of behavior. And, you know, it could be so much as um, an officer going on vacation. Them two weeks be seeming long for the for the guy that's uh that's incarcerated. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then you come back to your block and that two or three guys don't want to lock up and you'd be like, what happened? <laughs> Couldn't take it. Couldn't take the pressure. Yeah. But yeah. like 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 I said, but you know, uh this uh like I said, I keep in contact with plenty of guys and just speaking to some guys, you know, uh and some of the things that they have seen over their incarceration period. You know, they have trouble sleeping. You know, you might find yourself with a knife by your bed. That's your shank. You know, I even had a brother, he was saying, yo, I went out to dinner with the family. He said, I finished eating. I grabbed my spoon, start wiping off, put them in my pocket. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, wow. Yeah. It's that, it's that deep. It, it, it is. You know, the psychological effect that prison have on people, the average person is not going to understand that. You know, when, when you go in that, that, that cell and that door lock and you in this box, you could only move around but so much. And if you got a cell in there, that's even worse. I mean, it's cool because you're going to have somebody have some conversation with but then it's foul because when he got to go to the bathroom, you gonna yeah. have, you gonna have to suck that up. Yeah, yeah. It's nothing you can do about it. Nothing, and nothing he could do about it is just because nah, he got to go. And then later on, it, when it's your it, turn, he got to deal with that. It's it's the, it's the new normal, as they would say. Right. Um, so you at the end of your you at the end of your term, about to retire. Now you like, man, I gotta retire. I gotta do something. And I ain't trying to really work for nobody. Right. Well, right before retirement, uh, me and me and me and uh, one of my brothers, we talked all the time. Uh, another correction officer. He actually he started going to school to become an herbalist, which he's doing a great job right now. And uh, I was like, maybe I should just be a life coach. But I never knew it was actually a thing of a life coach. And I went to Google and put it in. It popped up. I was amazed. And uh, 
I found a, uh, a school, it was one of the uh, top schools in the nation. I went, I did uh, my three modules, completed, got my certification, and I began to create my company on my way out the door. Wow. So now you now you got the company and this now you hands on you you certified and not only that like you said the you were preparing a lot was preparing you for this for a long time to be able to have conversations to to be able to as we would say redirect somebody's thinking right um and, and that was part of the business plan development life's new direction because we changing the course of the direction of where you're going. Because if you come to me, there's a problem somewhere. You've been trying to fix that problem, but for whatever reason, you haven't been able to fix that problem. That's why you're reaching out to me. So we can start fixing that problem. Yeah. And yeah. Through a so, different, so let through me a ask you, I, I got one, one, one pressing question. To okay. ask you. you know, I'll be, I'll be thinking about this because you, your, your organization deals with men and women. Is there any differences that are distinct with how both, how the sexes deal with the trauma? Well, women are more forthcoming in order to get help. As men, you know, like I said, we deal with a lot of pride and ego. So we will continue to put a mask on every day. And when somebody asks us, well, what's wrong? I'm good. I'm all right but you're broken. You don't know how to ask for help. Yeah. And, and you know, uh, that's one of the number one things in a lot of relationships. He don't know how to talk because he's broken already and he don't know how to get help. So of course he's going to sabotage his relationship. Yeah. So like he's, he might be individual. He might go to work every day. And all he ever thought about dealing, being a man was just taking care of his family. But he, he yet he's yet to ever display any type of emotion towards his wife or kids. Right. He, he, he may, you, you know what it is is them deep secrets. You know everybody has a past. You know, and sometimes you know, uh, depending on what type of trauma he's dealing with, you know. Like I said, you know, for us as uh, people of color, we become numb to a lot of trauma. When you run in them streets, which I ran as well, you seeing somebody get shot, somebody get stabbed, you try to normalize it, that it's normal. But it's not normal. You just seen dual brain on the sidewalk or on in, in the street and you like, wow, oh, that's messed up. But you trying to make it normal. And that's a big part of what's going on with our young men now. They have be, been desensitized where they're making everything normal and it's not normal. You know, they don't play black ops and <laughs> games, Call of Duty. Call of Duty. <laughs> And in Street Fighter or whatever, two years though, it's normal for them now. They don't understand it. This ain't a they, don't understand. they don't understand. These are real bullets. That's These a real, real life you took. Ain't no reset. 
We can't hit reset. Yo, this game, this is the forever game right here. And it's sad a lot of them don't realize it until they're in a situation. Yeah, I um yeah, before right before I sent you the link, I was looking at something on the news where these guys, I think it was either Jersey or the California, where these guys, younger, younger brothers. They just was in like a smash and grab at a jewelry store. It was about 12 of them. I'm just looking like, mm. you know, in all my um crazy thoughts and stuff that I done did in the past, I never even thought of doing nothing that crazy. I didn't even have enough friends that would be willing to do nothing like that. Somebody would have talked us off the ledge like, no, we ain't doing that. Like, you know. Well, you, you know, unfortunately, we're living in the gang era now. You know, uh... Even if you ain't in the game, you're associated with the game. And you have to understand who's making the decisions. And all those are supposed to be big homies and all that, for the most part, they incarcerated or they dead. So yeah. you have somebody with an immature mind trying to make a grown man decision. So it's like the blind leading the blind. And not worried about the consequences. No, they worry about them after the fact. And then you all boo-hoos and tears when, when they tell you, no, that's 30 years. No, that's life. You're not never coming home. And it's going to take a few years for it to sink in. And then I can guarantee you, for the most part, they'll be on a med line. They'll be receiving meds. You know, it's 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 funny. You, you you say it, and it's like it's coming back to me. Like I used to uh, see it where I was at, and you know, um, see certain situations, see people come in one way, leave the other, and I'm and I tell you, in all my experience, I saw one guy from the from the Essex County area, and um, he was wild in there, like. I'm, I wouldn't think he would have made it out on the street long. And I was working in East Orange and I seen him. And I called him by the name that he wanted people to call him when we were away. <laughs> He's like, please don't ever call me that again. Wow. And I called him by his birth name. Because I knew because I was the wing rep at the time. Okay. And, and he was like, yeah, I left all that alone, man. He was with his family. He's like, I left all of that alone. He's like, well, something just clicked in his head and just said, yo, it's time to get it together. But you have to understand for a lot of guys, when you hit that 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 prison, you create a facade. And you make up your mind that this is who I'm going to be. And you got to roll with that. You're big for the most part. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I seen cats come in, run around here. Hulk Hogan big and all that. Just as sweet as they wanted to be, though. You know? Mm -hmm. like, oh, man, ooh. <laughs> I mean, you know. <laughs> you, you, you're doing some crazy stuff. You got a whole bunch of other stuff going on. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, well, you. Let me ask you, like I asked you about the, the men and the women. One of the things that I had asked you behind the scenes is, is the fear of a lot of men not wanting to admit that they may have some issues because of, you know, if I expose myself now, I don't got vulnerable and I don't want to be, I don't want my vulnerability to be weaponized. 
Well, that that's a big part, you know, and, and that's why uh, I, I created a, a group on. Uh, that's a question for you right there, too. OK, OK. Shay, give me one second. I'm going to definitely get at your question. I'm going to, uh, uh, I created uh, Men Dealing With Hidden Secret Traumas, a group on Facebook just for men because women have a lot of outlets. As men, we don't have a lot of outlets, you know? So therefore, we don't have that intimate space where we can share as men. So I created that group, Men Dealing With Hidden Secret Traumas, just in order for us to just have at least one place <laughs> where we could come and we can share and get some men feedback yeah. without being judged. Yeah. And, be, and, and 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 as we say, being able to peel those layers back and you're gonna get what you're gonna get. Um brothers are definitely gonna give you give you the, the advice that you need or you're seeking. Right. So, so Shay so Shay asked you, she said, Basim, how can we help black men recognize they have trauma? Black men have to recognize they have trauma themselves. You know, uh, we see things all the time. Your woman know more about you than you know about yourself sometimes. But what happens is we put, we like I said, we put a mask on every day. Until we ready to live in our truth of who we are and deal with what we have going on, we're going to be stuck. Mm. So is so so based off your answer, it's no way like unless that person is is doing some self identification, it's no way like but like it, it's it's just like anything else. You gotta want the help. Only okay. way only way you can get help, you have to want help. That's just like a a, a drug addict. If I'm on drugs and I'm and and and, and I gotta want to get clean. You can want me to get you like, bro, come on, you're a good brother. You need to stop using. And two, I'm ready, it's not going to happen. That's just like myself dealing with alcohol. And two, I woke up and I was like, I don't want to drink no more. I was going to get drunk. Yeah, I was I was sharing that with you about my situation um, with uh, being tired of going behind them walls and making certain changes. And I told you, I, I, I didn't... You know, you, you come home and you got the master plan and you, you done planned your life out. and But you don't take certain steps. And then with this last situation that I was in, I took a step that I didn't realize was the step. And I did something. I ain't going to say it was unintentionally. It was intention, but it was intention for what I set myself up for now. And it's been like, wow, you know, I'm removed from that lifestyle. Well, I I hear about it, but I don't I don't know nothing about it no more. Absolutely, but what that's the key though. You have to if you if if you keep sticking your hand in a snake pit and you keep getting bit, in order not to get bit, you got to not stick your hand in a snake pit. And it, you know it's funny because I remember all the um, you know, because New Jersey, I can say honestly, um, with some of the things that they have set up with the reentry programs, that if you really, really want it, 
it's some people that'll help you and then even extend it once you um you know because people know it, you know you got guys that been through what you've been through like you say yourself you was there and i always used to hear one thing you'll get tired when you get tired Absolutely. and that and and that is one of the phrases that always stick with me be like yo when you get tired of starting all over again you know for the guys that um as I will always say, they're doing life on an installment plan. They're doing five years here, four years here, three years here. Next, you know, they've been gone for 25 years altogether. Well, they'll get tired when they get tired. Majority of the guys I was dealing with had a 30 with a 30, or they had a 30 with a life. And them are the guys that's coming home now. And I have to be honest. Majority of them came home with their head on, but I guess they would because they don't have no time to waste. Here it is, you coming home at 50 plus trying to start life. You ain't got no time to be doing no trial runs and all. No, I got to make this work. Mm -hmm. I might not get another shot. Yeah. 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 <laughs> So, so how's everything going with 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 your organization? And so, uh, is, it, is, it, is it going in the direction you you expected it to go, or better? No, it's it's going well. You know, uh, like I said, uh, it depends on what your trauma is. Like I said, because there are a host of traumas, I can't. What might be traumatic to me might not be traumatic to you. So, trauma is what the individual deems to be trauma for the most part. You know, you can go outside and see somebody get shot and be like, yo, dude, just got shot. No emotions, no nothing. She had another question for you. She said, in your opinion, are you in agreement with the statement not everyone has trauma? Absolutely not. I believe everyone has some form of trauma. Especially people of color, we was born into trauma. You know, since it's black history, we might as well discuss it. You know, absolutely. Uh, and here we are in uh, 2022, and we are still dealing with the residues of what our forefathers went through. Yeah. You know, it might not be at the same level, but we're still dealing with that. You know, and the, the, the one who endured the most trauma was the Black woman. Nobody endured trauma like the Black woman. She endured all types of pain. And then next to her would be the black man. You know, the things that was done to us. And like I said, it's 2022. There's a lot of things still going on. We're still being violated. We still don't have the mm -hmm. right. We, we still fighting for human rights. You know, uh, it was just a few weeks ago. Uh, what's his name? Mitch McConnell. He made a, a statement because they're talking about voting in uh, Georgia and they're trying to get all the voting straight. And he made a statement. He said, well, African-Americans vote just as much as Americans. What we need the separation for. So he yeah. put us on notice that we separate. We're not the same. And, you know, 
this is what we have to do. We have to wake up as people and understand that we're not the same. We got to yeah. start getting together and getting what we got to get for us, but we still have the crab and uh, barrel mentality. It's like the um, when you're dealing with that, like for the, for the people that got sons and young men, you always got to give your son the talk. And you know, I I, I grew up, I grew up with people that weren't African American, and well, to tell it to, to for me to tell them now that I got to give my son the talk after I was given the talk, and well, they'd be like, "What you mean the talk?" I'm like, "Listen, if you're black, you know what the talk is." Well, I'm I'm I'm, I'm so glad that that you said that. I have a 20 year old son, so I've been giving the talk. I'm still giving the talk. <laughs> As much as I can, I'm going to continue to get a talk because I need to make sure I can try to save his life. It's up to him, but I do everything that I can do to try to save his life. She says she gives her daughter Absolutely, the as you should, because our, our young ladies are in the same situation as our boys now. You know, the way the streets is now, they both getting the same thing. They will shoot her just as quick as they will shoot him. One of the, I don't know if this would be like your wheelhouse, right? But um, I'm quite sure you you identify with the discrepancy in, I would say, our age group. You you I know you're a couple years older than me, and how the younger generation and I and I try myself not to be too preachy. I listen to the to the younger piece, and my my son's 25. Mm -hmm. Um, I noticed. You know, and I don't have any statistical data to back this opinion up right now. Is I notice how how it appears to me more violence in young black couples than I've right. ever seen. I it I don't remember it like this. Not where yeah. Joker's just killing everybody, the baby, the baby mother, the the wife, or just. But but you you uh, have to understand a new mindset. One, you have the game culture. Two, you have to listen to his music that he's listening to. His music is all about kill him up, kill him up. Then he's playing the video game, kill him up, kill him up, kill him up. So killing is on his mind. And the difference between their generation and ours, like I, like I tell most brothers, we grew up on ego and pride. Their generation is feelings and emotion. Mm. So what happened, and, and you you start to see it with the woman being at well, excuse me, pardon me, with the man being absent from the house, your sons took on more of the characteristic of the woman. So just imagine if you come home, you tell your woman, Oh, I'm gonna smack you, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that. She's gonna go to the kitchen and get the equalizer. <laughs> yeah. Cause, Cause she already like yeah. he big, I can't win. Yeah. So what are our young men and our daughters doing now? Gonna go get the equalizer. They're gonna get the equalizer. If you come up on, on, on the block and you like, I'm gonna smack you, I'm gonna do, I got something for you. Stay right there. Mm. What 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 could we do? 
Well, you what know, we uh, do before if like if I had a situation where I live at and I see some stuff before I can even direct them to you, like you need to, I can get your number. Like before I do all that, what 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 are some of the things that I can do just as well, somebody that sees something day to day dealing with people? I'm gonna say this like this because you know, uh, right before uh, the COVID shut everything down a little bit uh, a few months ago. I was, uh, there's a group, uh, New Direction, made up of uh, a lot of gang members, but they trying to right they wrong, you know? So they reached out to me and, you know, we hit some blocks and different things. They're trying to right they wrongs and pre- help the young younger brothers understand this ain't the road you want to go down you still have a chance to salvage your life and make some of your life. Take it from me. And as men, men got to start being men again. Mm. We got to start coming outside. We got to start getting involved. You know, I I look at a lot of brothers and they be like, you know, ain't nothing going to happen to me. Did the Lord on intent for me to have? Okay, well, if ain't nothing going to happen, let's get outside. Let's, let's, Let's get to work. Yeah, and that and that's one of the things, and you know, I don't uh wanna wanna take the conversation there, but you do see that that a lot of um our social organizations, our churches, masters, synagogues, they too busy in the buildings and they ain't out amongst the people and really as we would say <laughs> doing the Lord's work. Right. Well well, you know, the thing is Somebody got to take the lead. So I, I can't wait for the E-man to come off the men bar and be like, okay, we going on a block today. You know? Okay, you going to govern the mass jig? I'm going to go out here and govern the streets. I'm going to yeah. see the young brother and be like, excuse me, little brother, can I holler at you for a minute? Before we start this discussion, could you pull your pants up? Yeah, it, 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 it it's it's amazing because it's like you know if you if you don't do it then if you don't do it now you'll wind up twenty years from later the same guy that you could have or, or individual you could have directed redirected he gonna be the same one that might be putting a knife in your back he might um, be yeah. he might be but but like I said. We have to stop being scared of these kids. And, and and that's what's really happening. You know, the kids are reaping so much trauma. Your parents, you got parents don't want you to deal with their kids. She said, I think the best approach is empathy and having some type of alternative. I'm down to help. That's a good look right there. That's what it's all about. We got to get together and we got to come up with, with a plan. But like I said, you can't push up on you. You got to like, you know, look, I'm so-and-so. Look, can we talk? I'm just trying to figure I want to understand you. And yeah. a, lot of, a lot of us, we like, yo, I don't understand who they are. They weird to us. <laughs> Indirectly, <laughs> they talking about we weird. Yeah, we don't we don't became the get off get off my lawn type of people, right. and not realize that 
we were once 16, 17, 18 year olds making these well, um it was bad decisions. It was a different time because at that particular time we were dealing with a village. You know, if Miss Jones seen you doing something on the block, Miss Jones pushing up on you. You know, yeah, it's funny, it's, it's it's funny you said that because that's one of my biggest things is that when um I talk to people and I and even people that's my age, some of them be like, I don't believe in the village concept. I'll be like, huh? Yeah, because for me, when when that, that real traumatic uh 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 the trauma kicked in crack cocaine. That was the super trauma era because children lost mothers, children lost fathers, you know, uh, mothers lost their children. Crack destroys a lot of lives. You know, it, it, it's funny you brought that up is that I saw um, because of the president's new drug initiative and, and uh, you know, a lot of people have been posting on social media about or they gonna give crack pipes to um to drug addicts, and I think it's a little bit deeper than that. However, that's even thinking it's a joke, or us laughing at it is part of dealing with that trauma. From you know, a lot of us are kids from that generation, and right. you know those those things may seem funny, but that era, but the No Early Release Act era and the Two C well, era. Well, right, but. You know, uh, like I said, 1980, I was what? Uh, probably like 13, 12, something like that, somewhere in there. But it became life-changing when crack cocaine hit. Because before then, as people of color, we were on the rise. Mm -hmm. We was buying homes, you know, we had good jobs. That crack hit. Everything just dropped. It was just like the stock market went down, you know, and um, we still haven't recovered because once they start coming off the crack, they push the dope out there. From the dope, they push them pills out there. You know, it's, it's funny. My mother once told me when, um, you know, the late 80s, early 90s, <laughs> She told me she she was like um, this one. People used to be messing with those pills, it was mm -hmm. uppers and downers. And she said to me, she was like pancakes and syrup. <laughs> all, all, all she kept saying was, "I'm going to advise you and your friends never to do that." And I'm like, mm, okay. She was like, no. She was like, this stuff right here is nothing but a gateway to heroin because she had seen right. how heroin had ravaged her generation in the '70s. And lo and behold, this is what happened. And you know, it's like a, a vicious cycle in our community that just keeps going around and around um, with, with what we would call shuttle to narcotics. Right. Well, I, I kind of like remember it like it was yesterday. A lot of a lot of cats was on pills. Yeah. And when the price of the pills shot up, mm -hmm. the bag of dope was cheaper and they pretty much was the same high. Mm -hmm. And that was the the new heroin addicts. Yeah, USVs and all. <laughs> I remember that stuff. Well, I, I was a kid, but I remember like it was yesterday. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, 
But like I said, you know, uh, with my program, you know, uh, I have a 12-week program, you know, where uh, I take my client from A to Z, you know, in 12 weeks. You know, uh, each week we'll work on something new, you know, and my, my belief is it has to come from inner. Until you put the inner work in, you're going to be lost. Because as long as you're trying to heal outside of yourself, you can't. Because you're so focused on what's going on out there, you're not focusing on what's going on in here. So therefore, we have to put that inner work in and you have to find out who you are. You have to start turning on your internal lights. Somebody somebody commented in Arabic. I can't translate it. <laughs> this thing don't have it. The chat don't have a translator, but um Yeah, good luck for me too. They con- <laughs> they they commented in some Arabic. I can't translate what they're saying. Um, yeah, that's the, so. What's next? I know we, me, me and yourself, we going we gonna try to work on some things that should be should be very beneficial going forward. So, wait, let me ask you: Have you seen an increase in your clients since COVID? Uh, yeah, definitely, because you, you 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 definitely have a lot of people that's dealing with issues. Definitely, you know. But the thing is, for you to recognize it, and like myself, most people will try to self-medicate themselves and go through what they're going through until they realize, like, you know, I need help. Okay. And when you need help, I'm, I'm here to, to help you, you know. We, we can go ahead, sit down. Great. Work some so, things out. So tell us how to get in touch with you, Bessie. Well, you can reach me on Facebook, Basim Abdulaziz. Instagram, Basim Abdulaziz. Uh, my webpage, www.newdirection. I'm bugging. New Life Direction. <laughs> do, do Life Direction. Uh, okay. <laughs> Development Lights New Direction dot com. Uh, you can also reach me at 908-416-2934. With that, we're going to close the show and uh, know that on, on this platform, Basim, this may be the first time that you see him. But uh, it definitely won't be the last, inshallah. And uh, we're going to try to work on some things behind the scenes so we could do this more frequently and have people come on and, and just uh, do what we say we do, men being men, and bring some things that it could be beneficial to the viewer as well. Uh, Bassem, yep. stay on until in, uh, the closeout, all right? No problem.